I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, an update on the year of soup that almost never was, some cookies, some books, and more. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. It is Amy. I am interjecting here. I don't ever do this, but I am putting a small note here because there are audio problems with this show, and I didn't know those problems were there until I edited. So I debated about what to do. I decided not to re-record the whole thing. The trade-off in trying to completely redo the whole talk, it wouldn't come out the same. So I did what I could. I do apologize, but I still hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 380. Simple soup. I really think it should be something like spoon by spoon. Oh, that would have been good. Or ladle by ladle. I don't know. But I am back again. I'm back again. How was your week? Are you looking ahead to this week of Valentine's Day? Is it a day you celebrate, avoid, smile at, share? It is a day between birthdays for us. It's a holiday that I could kind of skip on a lot of levels, but here it comes. I shared a story last week about someone who is 104 years old. And he wanted Valentine's for Valentine's Day. He wanted to receive Valentine's from lots of people. And so people were pulling together and sending Valentine's his way. And I watched his video, 104, and it was disarmingly sweet. It really was such a sweet and unexpected request. And maybe a bit sad that we end up in positions where we have to ask for something so simple. If you saw his story and sent along a Valentine, a special virtual hug for you, because I think it's really cool. I was just reviewing a list of books from Anne Bogle of What Should I Read Next and Modern Mrs. Darcy Blog, a list of books celebrating friendships in the tradition of Galentine's Day something many of you know of from Parks and Rec. Many of us know of of Valentine's Day, whether we watch the show or not. And I know some of you are actually really big fans of the show. February 13th. And it's funny how many articles there are now about this. Year after year, these articles pop up and it's a thing. It's really a thing. February 13th, Valentine's Day. I look ahead and I don't totally see that in my future either, but I did enjoy looking at this list of books and most of them were unfamiliar to me. I got some ideas there, things I might want to look at. One of them had an illustrator in it, so I might have to take a look. I still keep thinking a book club would be such a good thing for me. Totally willing for that to be virtual, but I just can't solve it. And the ones around here, they're not quite right. In some ways, they're not quite right for a working person. And in some ways, they're also not quite right so far, the kinds of books that I would really want to read. 
and that's probably got a lot to do with where I live. But I keep my eyes open. I think a book club would be a really good thing. My ever-revolving stack of books is quite a mishmash right now. It really is. But in that mix, there are a number of food-related books. And thus, we end up with a show like this, right? Soups especially, and donuts. Then there's a Gilmore Girls title, and it feels really weird to talk about cookbooks. But somehow today, I was like, wow, where's the creative thread? Although, I pretty much think cooking's pretty creative, but it's not what you expect. I know it's not quite the same, but it's all going to get folded in here. It really is. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't actually even really use cookbooks. And so it's funny that I check them out. I always check them out, but I don't really use them. I do like to flip through them. I like a well-photographed cookbook. I just like to look at them. Oftentimes, I think the writing, the intros, and little notes, I really enjoy those sometimes. As expected, though, wasn't a surprise. Kind of as expected. The soup cookbooks didn't turn up any gems or anything that I was rushing to make right now. Still enjoyed looking, but I did move forward with the soup. It's a quiet little thing. Make soup once a week. Right now, it's a Saturday thing. Right now, it's one of the best things that I've started for 2020. There's something about the constancy of it that works. Something about the ease. Something about the freedom. It just works. And true, maybe it could have been anything. Maybe some of you saw around the holidays, I said, oh, maybe I should switch this out and do baked donuts. Maybe it could have been that. Maybe it could have been scones. Could have been a lot of things. But soup works for probably a whole bunch of different reasons. And that's going to really help make it happen, I think, and help carry it through this whole year. Something about it works. I have described myself as a haphazard cook. And that is showing up in full color with soup. I might think, okay, maybe I'll make this kind of soup this week. And that might be a really general thought, like, okay, maybe I'll make corn chowder. And so I'll go out, I'll look at a few recipes, and then I just throw things together. Now, this probably means that I have a dead palate. That wouldn't totally surprise me. And that my tastes are sadly unrefined. I probably really need to read salt, fat, acid, heat more than anyone. And yet I probably wouldn't. In truth, I brought that book home right after it came out because Wendy McNaughton did the fantastic illustrations in it. So I was really excited to see it. It's a really big book, though. It really is. I looked at it a bit, but I didn't read it. I figured there will be some other time. I keep hearing, though, that the book is great, that it is transformative, that it is fantastic. So I probably need to take another look. And if that's a title you don't know and you actually really are into cooking, then probably you really should check that book out. I just don't know that I have it in me to ever really care. I'm never going to be that kind of cook, I don't think. But, you know, we change. We change. Who knows? And I pick up little bits here and there and things that I think, oh, now I've got another little piece of the puzzle. And I'm actually 
totally happy to just be an alchemist in that way and just throw things together and go, ah, look, look what happened. And I think it always works out. So I don't know. Your mileage may vary. I am pretty clear at this point that you can throw a bag or two of frozen vegetables in with some broth, some salt at least, maybe some cayenne pepper, cook for six hours, maybe add a little cream there at the end, and you're going to end up with soup. You're going to end up with something you can eat with a spoon. You change that up with different vegetables, an onion here or there, a bag of spinach, even a brick of frozen spinach that who knows how long it's been in your freezer, you're going to end up with soup. Dice a few potatoes, you know what? It's still going to be soup. Throw in some beans, pinto beans, white beans, black beans, kidney beans. It doesn't matter. You can go all easy with a rotisserie chicken. I can't tell you how much I've been enjoying soup. And all of them have been easy. So easy. I'm not into having to go buy a bunch of stuff to do this. It has to be easy for me to do it. And all but one has basically been from my own concoction. One of them I enjoyed so much that I could happily make it every week, I think, and just keep repeating that same one and I'd be content. And that's really my nature, just to find the one I love and just keep redoing it. But I'm still trying right now to mix things up. But that one turned out great. I really adapted and modified it because the original recipe didn't look like enough. And so I completely changed it up and it turned out so good. So good. Are these exotic soups? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Am I being bold and adventurous? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Am I making my own broth? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Do I have a list mapped out? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Have I taken extraordinary photos each week? Nope, 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 nope. Have I illustrated each soup? Sadly, nope. Nope, nope, nope. But soup is working. Now, I wish I had done some of those things. I initially thought I would do some of those things. Maybe I still will. I'm at least trying to write down what soup I made. And since these basically are my own recipes, I'm trying to make notes. Better photographs, that'd be good. But I always think about that as I'm holding it in my lap, eating my bowl of soup. And I snap a photo just for myself, but it's not a shareable photo. Yeah, I have not stopped and set something up really pretty and taken the Instagrammable photo. I haven't done it. And I guess at this point, I probably won't. So, it's still working. It's working. See, that's the thing. Sometimes things work even when... Your answer to everything everyone would ask you is, nope, doesn't mean it won't work for you. And this is working for me. I poke around, I look online, I figure out what sounds good. And then I just kind of wing it. I think about what I can throw in. I think about what I have. I look at it in the pot and think, does it look like enough? Saturday then can just unfold. And dinner will be there later. But you know what? Soup almost didn't happen. This year of soup almost didn't happen. I told you all about soup last fall. That was episode 374, Soup Club. So that wasn't that far. It wasn't that many episodes ago, 374. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I'm a softie for those cool stories of people who have life-sustaining clubs or groups or get-togethers. Drawing clubs. Remember Ladies Drawing Night and Book Clubs. And in this case, the book titled Soup Club 
set me off thinking not about a club, but about a year at soup. I was really excited by it. And I really admired that group too. I thought what they were doing was awesome, but I don't have that and I can't see that happening. And that ultimately wasn't really what I wanted, but I thought about a year of soup and I hypothesized that maybe a year of soup would be a good idea for me, a good idea for this year, a good idea for any year really, but I'm all about the year we're in 52 weeks of soup. I said I would think about it, and I did. I kept thinking about it, and some of you thought I was miraculously going to turn up three or four friends. Some of you somehow thought I was going to make that happen. I don't know where you got that idea. I definitely couldn't have done that. Some of you thought about the idea in your own circle of friends and thought maybe you'd try it, and I think that's awesome. So I did keep thinking about it about a year of soup, about weekly soup, part of me was hesitant because I was worried that if I change how I'm eating again, and goodness knows that something has to give because these last two years have really messed with me and it's really making me unhappy. And I think it's irreversible. So if I changed my way of eating again, which is a possibility... I was worried that I might run into soup issues, but you know, I know that's not true. Having done keto for two years, I know that I could still do lots of soup just fine that way. So I still kept thinking about soup and I was moving closer and closer to soup. And then I made chili in November, which I consider a kind of soup. I made chili Thanksgiving weekend. We love chili, and I have an easy ad hoc recipe that I use, something that my mom gave me, and I kind of just do it my way now, but based on what she gave me, and kind of a formula, I guess, just how I look at cooking. We all eat it. We all love it, and in a house where people often all eat something different, things like chili that everyone likes, it's those are definitely things to celebrate. And at this point, soup is pretty much that way too. So I made chili and keep in mind that my goal is to use the crock pot for all of my soups because I like it. I like how easy it is. Starting to use the crock pot a few years ago really changed my entire world. So that's how I made chili. I made chili. When it was time to serve it up, we were all in the kitchen. And it's a really small kitchen. I mean, it's a seriously small kitchen. And with all four of us in the kitchen, it was really crowded. I know that. I took off the crockpot lid. Everyone was standing around me with their bowl. I took the lid off the crockpot and I set it on the stove. And I turned to dish someone a bowl of chili. And in that time span, I don't know if it was seconds or minutes, and whether it was 10 seconds or 30, I don't know. Somehow in that moment, the lid flew off the stove and to the floor. Maddie and I were both standing there nearest to it. Neither one of us touched it. No one bumped it. There was no earthquake in that moment. It didn't just fall. Fall is just not the right word because of 
where I put it and where it ended up, fall just isn't really what happened. I maintain with conviction that the thing lifted up and flew to the floor. This was definitely a flying suplet. And mm -hmm, it broke. The lid itself stayed intact. It didn't shatter. But the handle on top that you need to lift the lid off of a very hot crockpot broke off and it couldn't go back on. And the hinges on the side where the lid latches to the crockpot, which I actually like, it's a feature I like, those got knocked completely loose. Now, they were a little whopper-jawed anyway, so this is a fairly old crockpot, but they got completely knocked loose. So it was super weird. Super weird. In the scheme of things, as I was looking ahead to 2020 and considering a year of soup, for the lid to go flying of its own accord to the floor and break in the weeks right before I needed to decide, while I was still thinking about it, while the whole idea was percolating for me, it felt a little bit like a train wreck. Yeah, it felt like that idea had seriously derailed or dead-ended before it even had a chance. No one else really knew about my year of soup. It was just something I was thinking about. Because ultimately, I figured if I decided to do a year of soup, I would do it no matter what. And everyone would benefit from it. But I hadn't talked about it. I didn't need any permission. I was just thinking about it. Thinking about whether or not I wanted to do it. But with the crockpot lid broken, something had to give. So I spent time looking and I couldn't find a replacement lid. And I did find that potentially I could buy a generic replacement handle and then try and reattach it. And it might work. It might fit. It was Black Friday weekend. And then the holiday shopping weeks were right after that. So there were lots of deals going on. Instant Pots were everywhere, but I don't want an Instant Pot. So there was a lot of discussion about that and a lot of back and forth, but I really don't want that. That defeats the whole purpose to me of the Crock-Pot. So I read lots of reviews of other Crock-Pots. I looked at deals. Nothing was really compelling enough to justify it. And then I ran into a deal on one that looked just like mine. I thought it was possibly smaller. Went on like a crazy good deal, cheaper than the replacement handle, basically. So, okay, a new crock pot. I mean, it's super cheap. And when it arrived, of course, it was confirmed that it was indeed smaller. So I couldn't just replace that lid. I was hoping I could just use my crock pot and a new lid, but that wouldn't work. I packed mine up, moved it out put the new one in place, and then I pulled it to scoot it, to try to move it, and it tried to tip over, and I was like, what? So I did it again, and it did it again, and so then I looked at it, and it is a crock pot with three feet, which I find absolutely bizarre. It's a crock pot with three feet. I understand things balancing on three, but not at this size. It makes no sense. And obviously when you push it or you pull it, it tips. It tries to tip. You feel the tip. It's very disconcerting. I got the old one back out and looked at it. It has four feet. It's a bizarre design feature. Once it's full though, it seems to do okay. And so 
you know, it works. But every time I try to move it, there it goes, tries to tip. And I think again, three feet. So the allure of a soup was strong. There must be a soup-loving Yoda somewhere. And when I ended up with a little bit of Kohl's cash, if you're a Kohl's shopper, and I'm only a Kohl's shopper at that time of year, I had a little bit of Kohl's cash, and I thought, you know what? I can just buy a new soup bowl. So I bought a single jumbo soup bowl in red, just one, and it was priced just right to end up free. True. A brand new hefty jumbo heavyweight soup bowl in red. It's shiny. It's glossy. It's perfect. Ear of soup. Here I come. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in December. And when I went to pick it up, I stood in line for the pickup. And then when it was my turn, I gave her my info and she went to the back to get it. And she comes back out with this single bowl, no bag, no nothing. She looked at me. It's so strange. And I could only think that she was thinking, who buys just one soup bowl? One bowl. And I was imagining all the possible scenarios, the answers I could give. Maybe I was throwing a party and needed a perfect red bowl for that night, just for that occasion. And I had thought, oh, I will go to Kohl's to buy this one perfect red soup bowl for my table. Surely it wasn't quite so odd to buy just one bowl, but it definitely felt a little silly. I ran in and picked it up, actually, the day I went to pick my mom up from the airport. So it was ready. Kohl's is actually not in the city where I live. I went, I waited in line, I picked it up, and I set my one little bowl in the floor of the car. (laughs) It was pretty funny. But I was kind of committing. So you can see, I bought the crock pot, I bought the soup bowl. I was kind of committing to this year. And I'm really proud of that bowl. I really am. And then my mom, she ended up with a similar scenario. And go mom, she bought a green one for me to go with it. So now I have these two great bowls. Now I have other great bowls. I have a beautiful set of pottery bowls that I love and we use all the time. But we do have this really wonderful red bowl and a really wonderful green bowl. And they're big bowls, which means you can have a big bowl of soup. So fun. So fun. So a year of soup. It is funny how simple things can become the things around which we build and anchor our lives, our weeks, our identities. I debated. I didn't want to start something and have it not stick. We talk about that with projects, whether it's a drawing project or a knitting project or a goal. If you say I'm going to make 10 of these or I'm going to make 20 of those or I'm going to do 30 days of this, you don't want to start it and then fall off. And it happens. I'm the first one to admit I've tried twice to do the 100 days and partly because of the time of year and other things, I haven't finished. And I'm okay with that. I'll probably try again this year. But with this year-long thing, I didn't want to start and just do it three or four times and then have it vanish. It doesn't involve anyone else, just me. And so if it didn't stick, it would really be okay. It involves just me and those in my house who really just are going to benefit from the comfort of weekly soup. And if there was no soup, they would still be fed. Trust me. I decided that giving a year a soup a try was worth it. And so I bought that new super cheap crock pot. Then it's working well. Other than onions, for some reason, the new one has had real issues, real issues with soups containing onions think it's probably not quite as hot as 
the one I had before, so I miss my old one. I have a bad tendency, I've come to understand, to think that anything I buy should last forever. And, of course, nothing lasts forever. As the new year unfolded, I started with my soups, quietly so. We made soup while my mom was here because she was here that very first Saturday, and we tried out the handheld immersion blender that she bought. I had said I didn't want one. I was very clear I didn't want one. I didn't want a gadget. I didn't want another gadget. I didn't want a thing. I didn't want anything fussy. But she bought an immersion blender, and I don't have anywhere to put it, and Right now, really, I just rinse it and then put it back in the box. And it's sitting in the dining room with other things that don't have anywhere to fit. But I've used it several times. Because I have it, right? Because I have it, I, I use it. That's me. So we made soup that first week and tried it out. And then every Saturday after I've made soup, there has been corn chowder and creamy chicken enchilada and another chicken enchilada with spinach and sweet potato soup, and then last night, a creamy cauliflower corn soup that was a first for me, and it really worked well. Everyone liked it. As I kicked off this year for myself, I happened to run across an old show, and this was a really strange moment for me. It really was. As much as I love Evernote, I do still have trouble finding things, and sometimes I find things that I wasn't looking for quite accidentally, and then later I have trouble finding them again, which is what happened right now. But somehow by chance, I found myself reading show notes from episode 153, A Pot of Soup. And that's a while ago. And it was such a doppelganger moment. A me over me, a me laid on top of me me of then transposed upon the me of now. Such a me over me moment. And so much the same. And how very strange. I felt like I could have written those words now, in large part. And they still sound just like me, which as a writer is gratifying and a relief. They are me. They are a different time and place and a different perspective definitely a slightly different me, and yet they still ring so true. And the whole setup to that show, when I look back at those notes, it was uncanny. So I'm going to read you just a little bit, just, just a little bit, uh, maybe three or four paragraphs. And I've cut out a bunch to try and avoid even more confusion. But I just thought I would share just these couple of paragraphs from then, because they were such a surprise to me in the context of now. So these are from episode 153, these words. Yes, soup. Once again, soup is the surface and the broth which holds together and captures and melds the stories of recent days and days to come. I don't know where the passion for soup came from. I didn't grow up a soup eater. And until last year, I don't know that I'd ever made soup that didn't come from a can. And then at some point, a bit fancier from a horrible cardboard type box. I have found something important in the idea of, and in a bowl of, soup. So in recent weeks we made a potato and kale soup, and then on a night when comfort food seemed to match the weather, I tried a loaded baked potato soup, which was designed to be a time cheater fast soup. 
But once I realized that, I sort of winged it and made it the more old-fashioned and slower way. And then there was a green lentil and butternut squash soup, thick and hearty. And then, as days wound down, my favorite beet and cabbage soup, the soup I love again and again. Only, how incredibly disheartening it was to discover two days later that with so many cooks in the kitchen, it hadn't gotten put away. At the end of a long day of multiple soccer games, I came home with soup and toast in my head and couldn't find the soup until I found the soup. And really, it was tear-worthy in its own way, but soup. Someone told me in a message recently, I don't cook. They said that about themselves. I don't cook. And I had to stop for a moment and realize that I've been saying that all my life, always, I don't cook. It was always true, and yet more and more now, it isn't true. Still, I'm not a fussy cook, but I stopped in seeing that line. I thought of the span of years behind me and a crooked trail of food, and I thought exactly what I wrote in response. Someday, maybe you will, and maybe you will give making a pot of soup a try. Why did I feel so old in that moment? Why did I see across some virtual chasm a younger creative soul caught up in her own spaghetti squash and hope that someday she discovers that now and again there's something comforting in making and eating a pot of soup. Yes, older and wiser, calmer in some ways, resigned in others. So, yes, there are differences. There are. But you can still hear, you can hear the echoes, echoes from those years ago and an awareness then of soup that is not all that different than now, except now I'm all about the crock pot, cheater soup all the way, I guess, but I don't look at it as cheating. I look at it as efficient, which I value and easy, which I value and rewarding, which I value and simplified, minimalist, all things I value. It's smart to start a pot of soup in the morning and know it will all be done at the end of the day. And now I think everyone does eat soups that I make. That wasn't the case when I recorded that show. That was in my notes that I had read at that point. Maybe the difference is that I make things I know they'll probably eat, but I don't know if that's totally it. I don't know. Some nights I wish they would choose not to eat my soup so that there would be more left over for me. For me, soup is about ease and blending and simmering and layering. It's about throwing things all in one pot and trusting that it will still be edible, that it's going to be something you eat with a spoon. Soup. I'm okay with taking the essence, just these core ingredients, and winging it. I look forward to the next 44 weeks of soup, honestly. It must be 46 the next 46 weeks of soup. And maybe I'll branch out a bit once I get done wallowing in the comfort of these current soups. I should at least make a to-be-made list. I don't have any interest in planning them out or plotting them on a calendar, but I probably should just have a list of ideas. So three things for this week. After all of that, I'm still going to give you three things. One, In the process a week or so ago of thinking about soup, I thought, hmm, maybe there's a Gilmore Girls soup recipe. I should check. 
because as you know, some of you know, I did just rewatch Gilmore Girls as part of my 50 before 50 list. I admit my list has some odd things or things that other people would probably think of as odd. So Googling popped up a recipe book, and you'll remember that I talked about the Gilmore Girls recipe book last year in episode 312, and I went ahead and reserved the book that popped up thinking that now that I've rewatched the Gilmore Girls, maybe I'd look at the recipes again. Maybe I would look at them with new eyes. When I sat down to look at the book just the other day, I was pretty surprised to realize that it's a sequel. I didn't even know there was a sequel. So this is a second book of recipes. I doubt I would make most of these, but it was very fun to look through it. The intro notes always tie the food into an episode or event on the show, so it's fun to read. I really actually enjoy that aspect of it. You can just flip through it and you can read the context of this food in the canon or history of the show. So it's very fun to look through. The only soup in this book, I think, is lobster bisque. I'm not sure why the book turned up in my searches, honestly. So on the soup front, it was bust. But some of you will note, if you pick up this book, that many of the things Lorelai and Rory ate for convenience are presented in handmade slash from scratch variety in this book. And there's something really ironic about that for me but I still like the fan spirit of the book overall. If you poke around online, you'll find some mock turtle soup references. Yep, you will. Not going to happen. I did turn up a Gilmore Girls chicken and noodle soup recipe. It looks basic, but it also looks worth making. I haven't made anything with noodles or rice yet. Chicken and noodle, it's probably going to have to happen. It seems like it kind of has to happen in a year of soup, so we'll see. We'll see. I also found a Gilmore Girls zucchini soup, and that one does look interesting. There's so many options, and I am kind of loving it. I was realizing as I got ready to do this show that I'm actually really loving it. And maybe initially I thought I would do something where it was a little more public, but, you know, even my 50 before 50, which I really wanted to be a little more public, it hasn't turned out that way, so the soup is definitely a pretty private and solo thing, and that's okay. Um, I said that I don't need to make four gallons or whatever to drive around town and swap. Not really. Not really, folks. Not really. Number two, and it does feel weird that this is a food show. Weird on so many levels. I'm putting the donuts off until later, but I wanted to mention these two books because I just need to take a bunch of these books back. I'm not going to use any of these books. I just need to take them back. But I want to mention them because I get most of my recipes online and the Instagram food space is amazing and mouthwatering. And that's actually how I found this person. So when I saw that she had books, I thought, well, I should reserve these and take a look. But the thing is, I'm not going to bake anything right now. I'm just not. I have no real interest in baking something. When I finally do, it's going to be scones and it's got to happen at some point soon. But these books are really well photographed and really look yummy. If you are someone that really likes to bake or you have kids or you need party things, you should look at these. Sally's Baking Addiction, Irresistible Cookies, Cupcakes, and Desserts for Your Sweet Tooth Fix. And Sally's Cookie Addiction, Irresistible Cookies, Bars, Shortbread, and More. 
and they are chock full of recipes that you're going to want to look at. And you might want to make these things. And if you do, I at least want to see a picture. So check these out. You should follow her at Instagram. I'll put links in the show notes. If I had to make cookies, it would probably be my mom's dishpan cookies with butterscotch chips. And hands down, that's a favorite. I'm not a big cookie person, but that's a favorite. And I'm probably the one to make the known tried and true thing. So, yeah. Although the cookies on the cover of the Sally's Cookie Addiction on that one, they look like those Eminem Monster cookies, which are really good. And they kind of look like that gigantic stack of cookies with M&Ms. They look really good. So check these out. Number three is some pen and ink of a sort. Sorry, it's not really a drawing show, but I already took this book back. So if I don't mention it, I will forget to mention it. I read this the other day. It is a short biography of Charles Schultz. And I think some of you would probably enjoy it. I think it's one you want to check out from the library. It is a kid's book. So my recommendation is library. The story itself, it wasn't one that I knew. I didn't really know much about his history. So I enjoyed this really quick. I read it in the car while I was waiting for pickup. This quick look at how the beloved Peanuts came into being. There are lots of other biographies of Schultz. I just happened to see this one, this kid's book on the shelves, and checked it out. And it's titled Born to Draw Comics, The Story of Charles Schultz and the Creation of Peanuts by Ginger Wadsworth and illustrated by Craig Orbeck. I will link some of the other biographies in the show notes too in case you're looking to do a deep dive or have older readers. Schultz wouldn't be my deep dive. Probably Bill Watterson would be. But some of these books looked really interesting, really intriguing, and there is an autobiography too. So I will link some of those. I've got three here at least that I will put on the show notes page and that's it I am the art the art is me I know you're probably thinking this is not supposed to be a food show I hope you just don't care really I hope you just don't care it's a busy week I don't know exactly what day the show will come out I do know that all these birthdays have to happen and valentine's has to happen and galentine's has to happen and we've got a whole bunch of of other things going on. So everybody always has other things going on. You have a lot going on. I do. Some of us talk about it and some of us don't. Never assume that you know what's going on or that you're the only one with things going on. I think that would be my reminder to everyone. Probably you should always assume that everybody's got a lot going on that maybe they just don't talk about. I still have soup to make this week, although this week I think it's going to have to be Friday soup. If you make soup, let me know what you make. I would love to hear what you make. I know the tea conversation sparked some interesting suggestions from people, and of course people made connections that they like the same thing as their friends like, or they had never heard of this or that tea and might want to try it. And It's always just for fun. It's just a way to connect. It's just a way to say, yeah, me too. Or, no, not me, but this. And I think that's a good thing. I do. As always, I'm Amy. And you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. And I encourage you to visit the website and look at the show notes. 
I don't put my entire notes there. That is me. I do have my reasons still. But I do write a summary of the show. And I do link everything that I talk about as well as related titles, usually if you want to browse and poke around. So I look through lists like that and then I go reserve things at the library. And I know some of you do as well. It's perfect for that. So again, if you've never thought to look at the show notes, that's where you'll find links to what I mentioned. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy, and I really hope to see you there. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. And a word for the week. Just one, right? Well, I think we should go with the very, very, very expected and predictable word. Go ahead, say it. You know what it is, right? Yeah, you're right. Spoon. I think we should probably go with spoon. It fits right in with soup. How can we resist spoon? So that's your word for this week. I hope you have a great week. I hope your middle of February comes and goes and is smashing all around. Until next week. Remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good weekend.